verse number one. I'll, I'll read uh, a few verses and skip over and read some more for the sake of time tonight. John chapter 4 and verse number 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the disciples had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again unto Galilee. And notice this verse, he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore, <clears throat> being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the one of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a, one, a, a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest ask of him, and he would given, have given thee living water. Now let's flip over, if you would, to verse number 25. The Bible says, The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ, and when he's come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou? Or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said unto the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time we've come together. We thank you for each one that's here. We thank you, dear God, uh, that you're in the midst. Thank you for the songs that's been sung. Lord, the Spirit of God that's been moving here. Uh, Lord, uh, among us, and we ask you, dear God, that you continue to work and move in the midst of your people. Dear God, how we need revival in these days. We need a stirring in the house of God and in the people of God. And we ask you, God, that you'd give us that. Thank you, Lord. Uh, for what you're doing here at this church, in this place, dear God, with these people. We ask you to bless and touch tonight, dear God. Help your servant tonight. Uh, God, anoint us uh, afresh and anew from on high. God, give us your word. Give us understanding. Uh, God, I pray in Christ's name that uh, your word would go forth, dear God, and find that lodging place. And we ask you, dear God, that you'd encourage your children. Touch us tonight. Teach us, dear God. From your word, forgive us of anything about us unpleasing to you. Uh, God, that your will could be done. We ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen. Now, we want to, just by the way of introduction, give you a few thoughts tonight. The Bible says here that Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. I must needs go through a Samaria. There was a direction that he took. Now, there's two other routes that Jesus could have taken. He could have went through Perea, or he could have went uh, by the sea coast and went around Samaria. And many Jews done that because they really hated the Samaritans. There, there was a great divide and a vision uh, between the Jews and the Samaritans. Uh, and Jesus came just at the right time and the right place. Now we find the word Sychar here where this well was. This word means false. And Jesus is going to bring to light the things that are false in this woman's life. 
Everything about her was just about living a lie. You ever been there? Living a lie? Pretending to be something when you're not? But she, listen, she had come to the place in her life where she needed help. And I believe she'd come to the place in her life to where she was outcast by everybody around her. That's the reason why she came by herself, no doubt, uh, there in the middle of the day to draw water. Normally they came in the afternoon. And they all came together when it wasn't hot. But this woman came by herself. Uh, and this town was called Sychar. This place right near, near the well there was called Shechem. You'll find that in the Old Testament. The word Shechem means shoulder. And that's why Jesus stopped by this place. That's why Jesus had to go through Samaria to this time and to this place that he could be a shoulder, you see, to this woman. <laughs> Thank God Isaiah said, he'll be a shoulder. He'll be that counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And you know the story. There's a conversation here that took place. And Jesus was the one that started the conversation. That's what happened to you when you got saved, wasn't it? The Holy Ghost, through the power of Jesus Christ, started that conversation with you, didn't he? He was sitting there, wearied from his journey. That shows his humanity. And he said to this woman, he said, give me to drink. And there was a hatred, as I said, between the Samaritans. They were half-breeds. Uh, in 722 B.C., of course, Assyria carried uh, uh, Israel away captive and intermarried with many of the Jews, and they uh, uh, came back as the Samaritans. And uh, it was said in that day, if someone wanted to cuss you or say something derogatory about you, they would call you a Samaritan. But Jesus said, I've got to go through this place. There's a destiny for me. There's something I've got to do even though it's not right for me to go through here and many times they'd go around it and walk around it because of that hatred. He said, I've got to go to Samaria. But the Bible said also there was a great history. If you read Genesis chapter number 12, you'll find that Abraham built the first altar there. In Genesis 33, the first property owned by an Israelite was right there. And Abraham built an altar there called El Elohim. It means God is here. In Joshua 24, Joshua made a covenant with Israel and set a stone under an oak tree for a witness there. We find that Joseph's bones were buried there. The only well in the whole area was in that place right there. <laughs> Located at a fork in the road. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> this woman had come in her life and her future and her eternal destiny to a fork in the road. God brought you to that place, didn't he, one day? God brought you to a place where you had to choose between life and death. God brought you to that fork in the road to where you had to make a decision with God dealing with you and God speaking to you. Jesus, thank God, passed by right there in that fork in the road. But we find also, <laughs> oh yes, thank God, this conversation, as I said, turned to history. And she asked about Jacob and that he watered his uh, camels there and his uh, uh, animals there and that he drank that well. He said, are you greater? When he said, give me to drink, <laughs> she said, you don't have anything to draw with. And this well is deep, and it is. It's 150 feet. Compare heavenly with earthly. Even though things from heaven, things of this book, things of the Spirit are spiritually discerned, and she didn't have either one of those. Spirit or truth. 
But he began to talk to her about heavenly water. He began to talk to her about things from above. Now, if you notice the word gift right there, that's the first word that Jesus said to her, wasn't it? He said, give. You'll find this word used in this scripture seven times. Now, if you want the definition of this word give, you look in John chapter 17. And that word give or gift or gave in some form is there 17 times in John 17. John 17 is looking at Jesus as if his work was finished when he was praying for the disciples before he went to Calvary. <laughs> Listen, God uses earthly things to reveal heavenly things. As I stated, he said, if you would just give me a drink. And the first word in that conversation was give. And he brought her to the fact if you just knew the gift of God. <laughs> if you just knew the gift, you'd ask of him to drink. And he'd give you a drink of living water. And of course she went on to say, you don't have anything to draw with. Where are you going to get this living water? And then listen, the conversation turned from heavenly back to home. You remember what the conversation says? When she said, well, give me that drink. I want that drink of water. I want that out of the well, so I won't have to come back and draw anymore. First thing he said was, it's where she lived at. She said, go call your husband. He said, go call your husband. And bring him, and then we'll talk about this drink of living water. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you said that right. You told the truth. He said, you've had five husbands and the one you're living with right now is not your husband. She said, oh, I perceive you're a prophet. Listen, Jesus began to reveal her condition to her. He revealed his discernment in saying he knew all about her to start with. Listen, God knows everything about you. God knows exactly what's going on in your life and what ain't. God knows your past, your present, your future. He knows everything about you. So if you think you're going to fool God for a minute, don't think that. Amen. She said, I perceive that you're a prophet. Now he could have said, oh yeah. He could have got boasted up and built up and said, now Chris, that's me and you. would say, yeah, we know a whole lot. Yep. Amen. Oh yeah, I'm a prophet. <laughs> but no, Jesus cut to the chase. He didn't let that stop him. He didn't let this conversation go the other way. He kept right talking to her. And she said, you know, and she got on religion, of course. She said, our fathers worship in this mountain. You say we ought to worship in that mountain. See, she started talking about the place. But Jesus took her to the person and said, don't matter the place. God can save you anywhere. Amen. You can worship anywhere you're at. But Jesus wanted to point her to the person. She said, our fathers worship here in this mountain. What did Jesus say? He said, we need to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Ain't it, ain't it strange when you start witnessing to people and you've been around them, heard them cuss and heard them tell dirty jokes and, and seen their life and, and then all of a sudden you start witnessing to them. Boy, they can get religious real quick, can't they? Oh yeah, everybody in McDowell County is saved if you listen to them. Amen. But Jesus knew this woman and she knew that he had her pegged. He had her number. 
the conversation then revealed not only her false religion, but it revealed his identity. That's the whole point Jesus was getting to. That's the whole thing that he was pointing her toward. He said, if you're going to worship the Father, you must worship him in spirit and in truth. He said, the hour's come. We're not going to worship here or there. He said, I'm here right now. I'm passing by. I've come to give you this drink of water. (laughs) But listen, he revealed his identity to her. Verse number 28, let me read it right quick. That's where I'm going to take my text from tonight. The Bible said, The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said unto the men, Come see a man that told me all things ever I did. Now I've said all this to bring you to this point. I want to talk to you tonight about some some reasons why this woman left her water pot there. You ever thought about that? Why did she leave her water pot at this place? Now somewhere, Chris... Thank God between verse number 25 and verse number 28, and that's the first point I want to make. The reason why she left her water pot pot there was there was a transformation that took place. Somewhere between verse number 25 and 28, there was a change took place in this woman. Somewhere between verse 25 and 28, I don't know exactly where it was, she exchanged the earthly for the heavenly. She saw the one that she had been looking for. She said, I know Messiah's coming. There's been one promise and I know he's coming. And you know what Jesus said? And he's the only one that could rightfully say that. He said, I am the one that you're speaking to. The one that you're talking to is the one you've been looking for. And somewhere in the midst of her mind, after he told her all things she ever she did, she received that illumination. She received that sight. As she took a drink, thank God, of that heavenly water. A transformation took place in her life. She exchanged the earthly for the heavenly, the temporal for the eternal, and she tasted of that living water. Jeremiah said, you've hewn you out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. <laughs> she recognized who Jesus Christ really was. She recognized the fact that he was the promised one. He was the Messiah. She she said, I know a Messiah's coming. I've been taught that since a child. (laughs) They asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? They said, oh, maybe Elijah, Isaiah, or some prophet, Jeremiah. He said, but I want to ask you a question personally. Who do you say that I am? Not people, but who do you say that I am? No, Peter spoke up. He he didn't put his foot in his mouth that time. (laughs) He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. (laughs) He hit the nail right on the head. And you know what Jesus answered him and said? And this is where humanity needs to be brought to. Where lost people need to see their own condition. What is that? He said, Simon, flesh and blood do not reveal this to you. Do you know how people are going to get saved? Do you know how people are going to come to the knowledge of Christ and get born again? It's when they recognize who Jesus is. 
Amen. It's when God through the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus Christ. That's the only way of transformation will take place in their life is when they recognize who Jesus Christ is. Who is he to you? Is he Savior? <coughs> is he Lord? If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. This little woman saw Christ for what he is and who he is, and accepted him, and a transformation took place in her life. And the Bible said, verse 28, then, did you notice that? It said, then she left her water pot. The Bible says the disciples came, and they heard this conversation. I that speak to you am he. Did you notice that's the first I am there is in the Bible with Jesus talking? The disciples said, who brought you meat? But to start with, they didn't ask him, why are you talking to her? Why are you having dealings with her? They didn't say nothing. They just marveled that he was talking to her. I believe, Chris, (laughs) what happened was they saw the transformation take place. They saw Jesus revealed to her in a spiritual realm. Not just with earthly water, but with the spiritual water. They saw her take that drink of living water and accept Christ for who he was. And they marveled. The Bible said then she left her water pot. Transformation had taken place. The next point I want to make and show you I'm going to call this motivation. (laughs) The Bible said, Then she left her water pot and went her way into the city and told all the men. Did you notice not man, but men. She told all the men in that city, no doubt the leaders, right on down, everybody. Maybe the ones that she hadn't slept with, you know. Maybe the ones that she had been married to and divorced or whatever. I don't know. The Bible don't say. But she went and told all the men, come see a man that told me all things ever I did. (laughs) She got motivated, amen. I've always said, God put the go yonder at her feet. She left her water pot. She forgot about what she came for (laughs) because she got something that she didn't come for. Amen. She found somebody that she didn't know she was going to meet. I like the song that says, sings, I'm a nobody. Telling everybody about somebody that done something for me. Glory to God. The first, you know why she left that water pot there? What motivation she had? I believe she got excited, don't you? Amen. I believe she just got totally excited. I believe she got totally beside herself when she recognized and realized who Jesus was and he transformed her life and brought her out of sin. I believe, thank God, she got excited about it. Amen. It it helped us to have a good old shot of the Holy Ghost and get excited about what God's done for us. To get tore up. I believe she got tore up, don't you? Amen. She come there with the full intent to fill that water bottle up and take it back. If you notice there in that arid land, water was totally necessary, totally essential to life. But she got life from another source. (laughs) Hey, 
amen, she took a drink of that other kind of water and she got excited about it. And the Bible said she left her water pot and went into the city. I believe she's making tracks, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, come see a man. Thank God that told me all things that ever I did. Come see it. And she didn't just say, I want to tell you about a man. No, she said, come and see this man that told me all things that ever I did. Is this not the Christ? Woo! Glory to God in the Lamb forever. Ain't you glad? Thank God. There's something in her souls. That's an artesian well bubbling up. Amen. When Jesus comes in and gives us that drink. Oh, yeah, she got excited. She got beside herself. Oh, glory to God. She went to the men and said, Come on. Come with me. You got to see this. You got to see this man. Oh, he told me everything all about my life. How did he know that? Uh, because he was God manifest in the flesh. That's how he knew it. She got motivated. You know what the commission is? Come see and go and tell, ain't it? Amen. She got a good dose of what Jesus came here for. When she lined up with him and laid her sin down and listened to what he had to say, thank God she got motivated. She run, I believe she run, don't you? Oh, yeah. She got excited about what God had done for her. How long's it been? I mean, how long's it been since you give God some praise? I mean, some real praise, amen? You know what worship really is? You know what praising God really is? It's recognizing who God is and who you are. And look, oh, yeah, I'm looking at the two together. He's up there and I'm down here. Hey man, he's wonderful. I'm sorry. Well, God, when you get to that place, I want to. I want you to know you'll worship God. You'll praise God. He's worthy. The word Hallelujah means praise the Lord. That's what the Old Testament writings were all about. That one that was coming. The disciples marveled that she got excited. Well, she left her water pot. And went her way, the Bible said, into the city. She came to the realization that the prophecy had been fulfilled, that she was taught. Can I give you a little play on words right here? <laughs> Listen, her transformation turned to motivation. Then her motivation turned to acceleration. <laughs> her acceleration brought her to a destination. And when she got to that destination, there was a publication. <laughs> Did you get that? Amen. God put the go yonder in her feet. She had to go tell somebody. Boy, when God really gives you a dose and you get your spout under the snout where the glory comes out, glory to God, you want to tell somebody. Amen. When I got saved, I wanted to tell somebody what God done for me. Amen. I had to go tell my friends. They thought I was crazy. I was a big high school football jock. And boy, I mean, I got that dose to where I wanted to go and tell them how good, I didn't know nothing. I wasn't theological, but boy, I know I'd been to Calvary. Amen. I'd been washing the blood. Thank God a change that took place. And I wanted to tell somebody what God done for me. She went into the city, the Bible said. And she was just like, 
Uh, who is it? Marvin Dale Earnhardt? And not no Chevrolet boy when they'd be drafted and coming around the curve there at Talladega and he'd pull out and they'd say, Here he comes. Hey man, he'd accelerate, wouldn't he? I mean he'd go out and pass everybody, heading for home. Glory to God, that's what she did. I got to go tell him what God done for me. Come see this man. Come see this man, she said, who told me all things that ever I did. He was everything that she had looked for. She, <laughs> listen, she got motivated and left that vessel for her water there. You know why? Because she became a vessel. Amen. The Bible said we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. She became that vessel. She got that drink of water. Amen. And she became a vessel for God. She left that old one there. Not only that, but she saw fulfilled in her life the prophecies that she had been taught. He was everything, as I said, that she looked for. She got filled up, and then it started springing up. What verse 14 say? Verse 14 said, that this water, if you get a drink, it'll be a well of water in you springing up into everlasting life. Boy, she got that drink and it got to springing up. It had to go somewhere. Listen, when God gets a hold of you and makes you a vessel under honor, makes you a vessel that he can use, boy, it'll start spilling out. You know what the Bible said there in John 7 37? Jesus stood on the last great day of that feast when the priests had come and they had went to the pool and got that water and brought it every day and poured that water out saying the Messiah hadn't come yet. But Jesus stood right there and he said, listen, when they poured that water out, he cried out and said, if any man thirst, let him come and drink of me. And the Bible said that out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. When it gets in, glory to God, it'll spring up and then it'll flow out. That's what that water does. Boy, I tell you what, when you testified witness to the grace of God, you know what's happening? That ORTs and wells are bubbling up in your soul. Boy, I tell you what, you just can't hardly hold it back, can you? Hey, man, sometimes when the Holy Ghost gets to moving in here and people get to singing and going to the altar and God begins to bless and move and stir people's hearts, what happened? Thank God tears begin to run. Hallelujahs begin to come out. Hands begin to wave and go up to God. What is that? That's that artesian well springing up. Thank God and starting to flow out then. You know why the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea? Because there's no outlet. Everything's going in, nothing's going out. That's why churches are dying. That's why Christians are dying. You either evangelize or you'll fossilize. Amen. You either tell the story or it'll blow you up inside. Amen. You can put a body in the Dead Sea and it'll float. Won't sink. Why? Because there's so much stagnant stuff in there. There's so many minerals in there. Listen, we need to let it flow out just like this woman did. The Bible said here that out of your belly is a flow of living water. You know another reason why? She left that water pot there, Chris. She got motivated. 
She didn't want anything to hinder when she's on the way. That water pot sometimes has several gallons of water in it. And it'd be heavy, you see. She didn't want anything to stop her. She didn't want anything to slow her down and hinder her. The Bible said the last side ever wait to sin that does so easy beset us. And run with patience the race set before us. Well, I'll tell you what, she, <laughs> when God get her, got in her feet and she got to go in toward the town, she set that water pot down. I don't want nothing dragging me back. What's holding you back from witnessing? What's holding you back from giving your testimony? What's binding you and holding you down? Have you got a weight you're carrying around? You got something you need to lay down? Hey, you can talk about everything else. Why can't you talk about Jesus? Hey, man, we can talk about anything coming and going, can't we? But boy, when, it, when the subject comes to Jesus, we kind of want to carry it down. Well, I might hurt somebody's feelings. So what? I'd rather hurt their feelings than go to hell, wouldn't you? Hey, man, she laid that water pot down because she didn't want anything to hinder her or to stop her. You know, another thought I had, Chris, I don't know, <laughs> about the way she felt. I believe she's appreciative, don't you? She might have left that water pot there so Jesus could have a drink of water. They brought the meat. They'd come back. They'd went to get meat. She might have wanted him to have a drink of water with his meal, you know? I mean, she saw that going on. Do you appreciate what God gave you? Boy, God hit me with that now, Marvin. Do we really appreciate the blessings? Do we really appreciate God saving us from hell? Won't you tell your face if you do? Amen. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> she could have just left that water pot and said, here, you might need this. You might need a drink. He didn't have nothing to draw with, the Bible said. And you know how it is when you're trying to eat meat and got nothing to drink. Boy, to choke you to death. I don't know that. I just that thought just hit me. That's a Dennis Hensleyism there. <laughs> I hope he's listening. <laughs> but she got motivated. Boy, if getting saved by the grace of God don't motivate you, if God transforming you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son don't stir you up, something's wrong with you, amen. But notice also right quickly, verse number 29, 30. Notice what the Bible said. The Bible said, Come see a man which told me all things ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And they went out of the city and came unto him. I want to call this little section right here expectation. Amen. Expectation. Why did she leave that water pot there? I believe because she's expecting to return, don't you? She went. What did she tell him? She said, come. Come on, come see a man. She knew in her heart she's going to tell them about Jesus and try to bring them back to him. Try to let them see what had took place in this man that had told her everything that she did. And she didn't, as I said, she didn't say, let me tell you. She said, come and see. Oh, yeah. Listen. Under expectation, let me tell you what she did. He said, this will be a well of water in you springing up into everlasting life. Why, should, why would she need a little old water bottle or a pot if she took a well with her? Is that right? 
It said it'll be in you a well of water. Springing up. <laughs> springing up in everlasting life. Oh yeah, she traded that water pot for a well. She took the well home with her. Thank God, listen, Jesus is that well. He said, if any man drink of my water, he'll never thirst again. Never thirst again. Never thirst again. Wouldn't you trade for that? Amen. If you had no rattle trap running down the road, wouldn't you trade it for a brand new vehicle? Amen. That'd never tear up. Are you listening? Are you listening to me? Whether it be a Chevrolet or Ford, I don't care. <laughs> Listen, she traded that water pot for a well. A well's a great big thing that never runs dry, you see. That well is still right there in Israel today running with living water. That's what the Jews call water that was flowing and running. They called it living water because that was essential to their life. But she expected that well to keep springing up. Listen, when you get saved, you don't understand all about it. You don't know all the ins and outs of what happened to you. But you're just like the old, the old guy that, preached, that Chris preached about the other night. He didn't know about all that mud in his eyeballs. He didn't know everything had happened. But he said, bless God, I know one thing. I was blind and now I can see, amen. I know that for sure. I was there when it happened, thank God. I'm the one that God touched. I'm the one that Jesus passed by. And I know what happened to me, glory to God. Amen. And I'm expecting God to do just what he said. He said, being confident in this very thing that he hath, uh, which hath begun a good work in you shall perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. You look at John chapter 7, 17, verse number 3. It'll tell you exactly what eternal life is, the, the gift of God. Jesus said, listen, he said, if you knew who you're talking to, you'd ask him. If you knew the gift of God, what is the gift of God? It's eternal life, ain't it? And he said, listen, <laughs> this woman found out that he had the water that he was talking about. Amen. She found out that he had that gift and he was able to give. He was the only one that could give that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He told that woman, if you're going to worship God, you must worship him in spirit and in truth. She didn't have no one of them. But boy, after she met Jesus... She had both of them, amen. That's why we can worship. We have a spirit within us that can connect with God. And we have the truth of God's word. Jesus Christ is the truth incarnate. Listen to me. She expected to come back and she expected that well to keep on bubbling up. Do you think God's gonna fail you? Do you believe for one minute that God's going to leave you? No, come on now. Listen, when Jesus was talking to the disciples, he said, I've not lost a one. None that God gave me. Listen, John 17 said we're, it said seven times in John 17 that we are a gift from God to Christ. 
We are God's love gift to him. We're his bride. And Jesus said, I ain't lost nary one, save the son of perdition. And the Bible said that the scripture might be fulfilled, you see. Hey, <laughs> listen, God knew what was going on. He, saw, he said that Judas was a devil from the beginning. He knew that. But that scripture had to be fulfilled and someone betray him. God put that person right there. He's a hypocrite all the way through, but God left him right there so that his word would be fulfilled. Not one jot or one tittle is ever going to fall to the ground that ain't finished, that ain't fulfilled. But she had an expectation from God. <laughs> oh, yeah, she took that well home with her, folks. Let me hurry right quick and give you this last point. This last point, why she left that water pot there was because of a commission that God gave her. And it's the same commission that God's given you and you and you and you that God's given every one of us. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, the Bible said to every creature. In verses 39 through 42, the Bible's talking about reaping and sowing. If we sow with tears, we'll reap with joy. Are we really sowing? It's law of nature. If you don't plant nothing, you can't reap nothing, can you? Amen. If you don't sow, you can't reap. You can't just go out there and say, Ground, now you, you bring me some of them taters here in the fall when it comes time. If you ain't planted them, you ain't going to reap them. If you ain't sowed them, you ain't going to get nothing. Jesus said, I've got meat to eat you don't know nothing about. He said, did somebody give you meat? No, he said, my meat is to do the will of God and finish it. What is the will of God? It's not God's will that any should perish, but all come to repentance. So if we believe that and we accept that as the truth, then what are we doing to see that happen? If we're in the will of God, amen, that's what we'll be doing. We'll be reaping and sowing. Reaping and sowing. One watered, one planted, but God give the increase, the Bible says. But notice what the Bible says right here. The Bible said many of the Samaritans believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified he told me all things ever I did. Why did God leave us here? To testify. Amen. Do you have a testimony? And let me tell you this. A testimony that's not shared is a testimony that'll die. A testimony that's not shared with the world is one that's going to go null and void. It's going to be just like the sower sowing the seed and falling on stony ground, folks. If you don't tell what God done for you, the rocks will cry. Is that right? Hey, he said the rocks will cry out and praise me. If you don't tell it, you're missing the greatest blessing ever in your life. Listen, in verse 30 there, it said, Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Verse 35, look at this. Say, say you not, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they're white already to harvest. It was four months of the harvest. If you study uh, uh, the terminology here, and you study the time frame of when this happened, it was really four months until the barley harvest. But he said, I want you to lift your eyes up now 
I want you to look real good across them fields and see if they ain't white to harvest. That's what happens with the barley. You see those tassels turn white. But you know what happened? She went and told them all things that he, that glory to God that Jesus had done a work in her life and he had told her all things she'd ever did. And the Bible said they was coming out to see about this. And see it was in the heat of the day and they was dressed in them big white, uh, white robes and that white turban. See the field was normally golden brown. But when they was coming toward him with them big white turbans on, the fields was white to harvest. Not that meat that we could eat, but that meat, thank God, of doing the will of God. Are you following me? That's what they're looking at, those people coming toward him. That field was white to harvest. He said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he sent forth laborers. Listen, the Great Commission is right there. Chapter number 2, listen to me. And I'll close with this. Chapter number two, Jesus was in Jerusalem. The disciples was there. Chapter number three, they were in Judea. Chapter number four, they was in Samaria. What does verse number 42 say? I ain't got my Bible with it. Chris, read verse number 42. The Savior of who? What did the Great Commission say? To go to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world, isn't it? Let's bow our heads. Are you glad Jesus passed by? Amen. Are you glad, are you glad just like this woman, thank God, that you left what she left what she had of the world? She didn't need that anymore. Oh, I know she had to draw water to drink physically, but boy, it was so much more important that she had found that spiritual water. She had found that drink unto everlasting life. <laughs> Do you know that? Chris, come and play something if you would on the pen right quick. Do you know that tonight? Do you know for a fact you've met this Savior we're talking about? Do you know for a fact tonight that he's transformed you and motivated you to tell somebody else? Are we failing with that, folks? If you're not saved, God will save you tonight. If you've never been transformed and met this Savior I've been preaching about, he'll come to you. He'll pass by your life. And he'll give you a drink of that living water. And you'll never, never thirst again. Let me ask you, child of God, are we really testifying like we should? It said because of this woman's testimony, many of those Samaritans believed. Many of them. Have you had a hand in somebody getting saved? Listen to me now. Do we really care that the world's going to hell? Is our testimony meant something to somebody as far as them getting saved? Maybe you need to come and talk to God tonight. Say, Lord, help me be a better witness. Help me, Lord, to be a better testimony in this life. We're not going to tell you. If you need to come, come quickly tonight. If you need to talk to God. If you failed in that, you need to ask God to help you.
You need to come, come. Boys, I'm glad I took that drink of water one day. Amen. He's going to play just another second. Anybody needs to come. Come now.